Well, the South African Dimash before the ICJ has actually been expected for some time. And the only surprise is that it wasn't filed by the Palestinian Authority, which is now recognized as a party to the court. South Africa is clearly acting as a proxy for the many state actors arguing these days that Israel is pursuing a genocidal policy in Gaza. And the request follows two similar applications which have been made in recent years under the Genocide Convention. The first being the Gambian application to hold Myanmar accountable for genocide against the Rohingya people. And the second being the Ukrainian application to rebut Russia's accusation that the people of the Donbass region were being subjected to genocide. And briefly, what, Africa, briefly what were the results of those two um, appeals to the court? Um, they're, they're still ongoing, in fact. Um, uh, provisional measures were granted in both of those cases, but the actual litigation on the merits of both applications are still ongoing. Um, I should add that the South African government, particularly its foreign minister, Naledi Pandor, has really taken the lead in pursuing a fierce campaign against Israel in international fora in recent years, characterized notably by its eviction of Israel from its position as an observer at the African Union and by its UN maneuvering to declare Israel an apartheid state. So what's the worst case scenario from Israel's point of view? Could theoretically the court order the IDF uh, to observe a ceasefire? Well, that is the whole substance of the present request, which is uh, for the indication of what are called provisional measures. In layman's terms, that is an injunction to prevent Israel from committing both genocidal acts and forced displacement, along with a reporting requirement to obligate Israel to detail what it has done to implement the order if granted. Such an order doesn't require the court to make a dispositive finding that Israel has committed genocide but rather that South Africa is seeking to protect plausible rights should those rights be established in the process to follow. Now, this process can take years, and although Israel is a state party to the ICJ, it's not obliged to participate in the litigation. Indeed, despite the noise in the international academic community, the reaction to the South African Dimash by the United States and European countries has been muted if not non-existent. Do you think the best policy for Israel then in this case would be just not to cooperate? No, I don't. Um, uh, within a day or so, I'm sure that the judges of the ICJ will publish a scheduling order summoning the parties to a hearing in The Hague. Israel can choose to participate and it will normally be represented by the ambassador to the Netherlands, the Israeli foreign minister, or even the prime minister himself acting as the official representative and principal speaker. Uh, he would be followed up by a team of lawyers who will argue the legal issues. Uh, in the Gambian genocide case brought against Myanmar, the former state councillor Aung San Suu Kyi herself made a personal and highly publicised appearance to defend her country. In the genocide case, however, brought by Ukraine, the Russians boycotted the hearing but filed a written response subsequent uh, to. Anyway, whatever the case may be, it's worth stressing that Israel has nothing to lose by participating in these preliminary hearings at any rate. In fact, they could even serve the ideal platform for Prime Minister Netanyahu with his undeniable rhetorical skills to firmly rebuff the South African accusations and present Israel's justification for the war in Gaza. You mean the Prime Minister himself could actually participate in the trial? Yes, he could. As I mentioned, um, Aung San Suu Kyi... Uh, took the decision to participate in the first 
preliminary hearing on uh, the request for the indication of provisional measures. Just Let me stress, it's, it's, it's a civil proceeding, it's not a criminal proceeding, there's no danger of arrest or anything like that, and even if there was a criminal hearing... Um, Let's just assume for a minute, theoretically, that Israel um, was pursuing a policy of genocide. Then surely the number of dead in Gaza, after three months of intense warfare in such a built-up area, wouldn't be 22,000 as it is, but something like 10 times at least that figure, a quarter of a million. And Israel, if it was pursuing a policy of genocide, wouldn't be allowing uh, hundreds of uh, aid trucks in every day. Well, let me state, first of all, that I firmly believe that Israel is not committing a genocidal policy in uh, in Gaza. But uh, from a legal point of view, numbers have nothing to do with the crime of genocide. As absurd as it sounds, genocide can be committed by one individual who perpetrates the crime against two or more persons. The unique feature of the crime of genocide is what is called the specific intent. And that intent was coined by a Jewish lawyer, Raphael Lemkin, in the aftermath of the Holocaust and encapsulated in the Genocide Convention, which forms the statutory basis for the South African request. Now, this specific intent requires the perpetrator to act with intent to destroy, in whole or in part, a national, ethical, ethnical, racial or religious group. The types of acts which can be pursued with such intent are not confined to murder, but can also encompass causing serious bodily or mental harm, or imposing measures intended to prevent births within the group. Uh, and would deporting the population from Gaza to another country also be considered an act of genocide? Uh, under the strict definition of the Genocide Convention, probably not, no. But then it would can be considered, if proved, obviously, um, a war crime. If this goes to trial, and we don't know that at the, at the moment, how um, problematic would be some comments by um, some Israeli politicians since the war started? Um, I'm thinking of one particularly when a right-wing member um, said that nuking Gaza would be an option as far as he cons was concerned, even though not many people in Israel took it seriously. But how problematic would those comments be if um, this genocide trial actually um, happens? Well... The uh, South Africans have uh, pointed out and categorized all the various comments that have been made by various Israeli officials um, in support of its present application. Um, the nuking um, comment, as regrettable as it may be, uh, is one of those comments. Um, and many others have been made as well. Um, and these comments have been cited as the basis for proving the so-called genocidal intent. Um, but then you have to assess the weight which is attached to the person uttering those statements and whether or not they were uttering them with true intent or whether they're uttering them, how can I put it, as a, as a form of uh, uh, or, uh, or boasting uh, in order to appease an Israeli public, which has lost confidence um, to a certain extent uh, as a result of the events of the 7th of October. You are one of the leading experts in Israel on these kind of um, international court um, uh, hearings and discussions. Uh, would you like to predict how you think this will play out? I actually think that Israel does have a strong case on the issue of um, provisional measures. Maybe it's a, it's a bit technical, um, but then there are certain um, 
threshold requirements which need to be proved in order to bring a case under the Genocide Convention, and one of them is the existence of a dispute between the parties. Now, South Africa is obviously acting as a proxy, and that has been deemed acceptable in the past. Um, Gambia is obviously the, the biggest example of that. Um, but nevertheless, uh, the Gambian team managed to prove the existence of a dispute uh, uh, which had been raised in international fora and brought to Myanmar's attention. Myanmar had responded to that. That is not the case, in my opinion, with respect to the South African request. Uh, the South Africans uh, raised the argument that Israel was pursuing a genocidal policy fairly late on in the day um, and hasn't really given any opportunity for Israel to respond, uh, at least in the official diplomatic channels to the allegations of genocide. So I don't believe at this present moment in time that such a dispute as required by Section 9 of the Genocide Convention exists. So you're saying this whole... Um, um move by the South African government may be stillborn? Maybe premature. Premature in what sense? That it, it should have come later? Well, uh, if they do have a dispute, they haven't uh, allowed that dispute at the present moment in time, in my opinion, to be properly responded to in diplomatic channels. And as I said, uh, I firmly believe that on the facts themselves, that, that no genocide, uh, genocidal policy was being pursued at all. So uh, substantively, there's no case here.